This show is brought to you by Snacker 2. Hello, everyone out there in Geek Vibes Nation. This is your host of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, Dane Alves. You know, just uh, hanging out with you guys solo today. A little bit early at uh, 5 o'clock p.m. EST. Normally, if you're a new listener, we drop this show Wednesdays, 7 p.m. EST from 7 until 9 p.m. And we break down wrestling from the last week. Um, Yeah, guys. So uh, Chris uh, was feeling a bit under the weather. Um, You know, besides the fact that he was sick, uh, it was also affecting his voice. So obviously I told him not to worry about coming into work as I air quote that because me and Chris both have real big boy jobs and this is more of a fun hobby that we do on the side. Uh, but he'll be back next week. No problem. We'll get brother Ray Patton back involved with the mix today. You're just going to have to deal with me as I try to work around my cat who keeps on blocking my cell phone with my notes on it. Thanks kitty. Anyways. Uh, but you know, what I was just talking about is a good uh, thing to focus on before we go into the news, before we go into Money in the Bank, before we go into Double of Nothing. Um, you know, this the, we, we'd like to be able to keep the lights on, if you will, with Wrestling Geeks Alliance and everything over that we're doing in the amazing world that is Geek Vibes Nation. So, you know, that involves more interaction from you guys. Uh, I have a, you know, not so much live but I definitely have a lot of replay listeners, and I appreciate every listen I get. I need you guys to do me a couple favors. If you like this show, share it with a friend. Share it to a couple friends. If every person that listens to this this week could just share the show with one other person saying, hey, you like wrestling, there's a show, Wrestling Geeks Alliance, hosted by a – well, a dipshit named Dane Alves, but he, he kind of knows his stuff, and his buddy uh, Chris Patton keeps him in line. Uh, that would be wonderful, and it would help us out. Another thing that you can do, if you have problems with the show, uh, or if you just want to have a conversation, it doesn't always have to be something confrontational, but I would love constructive criticism. I'd love to interact with you guys. I don't have a Twitter. Uh, Chris does at uh, Christopher Brother Ray Patton. Actually, no, it's just Chris Ray Patton. Christopher Ray Patton might just be Christopher Patton. You can find them. He looks um, lumberjacky, kind of like me, beard, mustache, hair, you know, that whole uh, shtick. Uh, we're both ex-rockers, so we got the ex-rocker look, if you will. But um, you can find him on Twitter. You can hit me up on Facebook, Dane Alves, D-A-N-E, and Alves, that's A-L-V as in Victor, E-S. Hit me up on Messenger. Let me know what you think of the show. Here's a good thing. I've got interactions with people. Uh, some of them straight up say, hey, I'm a fan of the show, and they talk to me. And some of them just message me and don't tell me anything about Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Let me know you're a listener. That would kind of help the conversation just in case, you know, you get weirdos. Um, but, yeah, also, 
go to gvnation.com. That's GV as in geekvibesnation.com. There you'll find all of our news, uh, whether it be wrestling, sports, comics, comic movies, movies, video games, anime. We tried to cater towards every group of fandom available, basically. Uh, there, besides our news from our amazing writers like Tia, uh, you'll find links to different audio platforms other than Blog Talk. You can get this on, I believe, Stitcher. You can definitely get it on iTunes. Um, and then also links to our Instagram, our Facebook, and our Twitter at Geek Vibes Nation or some type of you know, version of that, basically. So go there, you know, become members of the group, start a conversation. I need help from you guys. We've got a lot of plans in the future. I'm going to actually run down some of them. If you like this show, uh, because you enjoy my antics, uh, we're starting a new show. Uh, not this Memorial Day, but the next Monday is going to be a show called Monday Suck, featuring moi. So the show will actually be called Monday Suck, featuring Dane Alves. We'll put it out uh, at about 6 o'clock, and you know, we'll go from 6 until 8 o'clock, talking about the issues from the last week of Mondays. And there is no you know, uh, style or format for the show. It's going to be much more of a fun sit-down show. I'm going to try to get guests on. My uh, co-host for the Game of Thrones show and one of the main guys, a part of Geek Vibes, Nick Smith, will be joining me as my epic man. I know that uh, Chris, Christopher Ray Patton, he'll probably join me, uh, other friends that you've heard in the past. And we'll be going over everything. I'll be talking about YouTube videos. I'll be talking about music. I'll be talking about movies. I'll be talking about politics. Whatever we want to talk about for two hours, we're going to hit it, have fun, and just make something good out of Monday. So that's not starting this next Memorial Day. That's starting the one after that, um, getting a, a song and some graphics all done. And we might be uh, switching. If this format works well for a show, much more natural, laid back, I will even say – very inspired by one of my favorite podcasts, Collider Live, uh, Alec Christian Harloff and his brilliant mind with Schmoes and everything that he's done with Collider and AMC Movie Talk. Um, and also, uh, you know, Joe Rogan. I, I like their, their platform. It's, it's uh, good for interviews, but it's also just an easy, free-going show where you can just talk about whatever. And that's what I want to talk about. That's what I want to do. And that actually could alternate this show and, and, and how we deliver it. Me and Chris – when we conversate on the phone about wrestling or other things, we have a great time. When we get on this, you got to do it by a format, which is good. It keeps you in line. But uh, either way, we'll see where it goes. Either way, twice I've said that. Sorry about that, guys. Um, look, it's been a long day I'm by myself. I have no problem with Chris taking a day off. I am still frazzled. I have a work schedule at 7 to 3. I know you guys don't care, but I'm just going to warn you. I might be a little bit off. Um, if you hear me drink something, it's either my energy drink or my water. I'm going to have to do that periodically throughout the show to gain energy and uh, hydration. So I apologize if you hear anything. Also, I've, I've heard some comments about audio. I'm looking into new headphones for the show, guys. One thing that is amazing about Blog Talk is the opportunity to be able to do this all over one airway and have it hooked up to a, a system – that's like a, you know, a, a, a kind of like a mixing station, but you really can't mess around with the sounds too much. And even though these are really good headphones I have in, I know it's not the same as having a mic and being able to record everything. We do a different type of style when it comes to this show. So 
in order to make you guys happy out there, I am going to be investing in a better pair of headphones so it sounds a little bit – well, I had a great set, and then I broke them by charging them too much apparently. I don't know how that fucking works. Drive me crazy today. Ugh, I broke my glasses. It's been just chaos, but you guys don't care. You know, I, I've been eight minutes into the show, and I've just been rambling about what we're going to do and plans and what I'm doing and all that. Why don't we get some wrestling? Because we have plenty to talk about. I think the, uh, the, the biggest item of news is this whole debacle uh, for Double of Nothing involved with their – here's the thing. I don't know if it was ever made you know, 100% this was for the AEW title. Um, but Ishman, yeah, trying to, I'm trying to go over the website. If it was still the case, I know that both guys, when they went into this, they were talking about Adam Page and Pac, by the way. This is that whole debacle, um, a.k.a. Neville. Um, you know, I know that at the rally back in January or February, I believe, they were talking about wanting to be the first world champion. Um, and I don't know because I don't watch every episode of Being the Elite. I don't know if they made that apparent that that's going to be the unveiling this weekend or if it's going to be these guys are going to be like, you know, for the number one contender, I guess. I don't know what the point of that would be since there's going to be another person. So if they win, who the heck are they going to go against? Um, part of me guesses that maybe what they would be doing is Pac and Adam Page, if this is not for the title. You know, I try to find this information. I couldn't find it. Some of you guys might be yelling at me with it. I'm just being honest with you. I don't remember specifically if they have a title and if it was for the AEW World Heavyweight title or not. But either way, you know, <laughs> the match itself – whether or not, you know, the winner of that goes against the winner of Kenny and Jericho for the title that they finally do at some other pay-per-view or wait all the way until October, which I doubt they will do. Um, yeah, that's not happening. Unfortunately, Puck, um, along with Dragon Gate, which is the uh, wrestling organization that he works for, he's the uh, head champion there, uh, they had some creative differences I'm air quoting once again. And um, Dragon Gate's not wanting Neville, which apparently this is what the booking was, uh, doesn't want their champion to lose their belt. Now, Neville hasn't lost a match since the one he lost to Enzo Amore, which is crazy. Um, you know, and he's had matches with people like Zack Sabre Jr. over at Rev Pro and Will Ospreay, who's New Japan's uh, never openweight champion at the time. Uh, and they went to a draw, um, so which means great match. No one wins. No one really gets hurt. Champion goes on. So I don't know if they were originally, when negotiating this back in January or February, they were negotiating Neville to, you know, Neville and Adam to go all the way, and then there's no winner. Um, that doesn't really make a lot of sense, especially if this is a championship match. Um, but that's not happening anymore. So, Dragon Gate, uh, and I'm assuming Pac, I'm assuming they're both connected on this, and maybe it's not just the, uh, the organization of Dragon Gate that's at, that's at fault, if you will. They didn't want their champion losing, even though the title's not up for grabs, the Dragon Gate title that, that Pac um, has. They didn't want him to lose a match. Um, and I have to say, 
I think this is fucking stupid. I think that there's been a lot of people that have obviously commented about this. A lot of people within the industry. And to me, I love how Chris Jericho kind of subtly said it. Uh, I think the episode dropped today, actually, of Chris Jericho going over AEW. Um, And when he was talking about Pac, he just said, you know, some people might have a different idea of happiness and, you know, whatever makes them happy. Very sarcastic and similar to what he had to say about Brock winning the money in the bank, but we'll get there later. Um, Yeah, I I don't understand this. This makes AEW look a bit disorganized. A bit. If this is is for their title, you know, or or the potential for the person to move on to the title, if it's not up for grabs this weekend, this is not a good look for AEW. This this is this is not a, a a good look for them at all. Now, I'm glad they they did the match. They're giving it everyone everyone for free between Puck and Adam Page. It was at a uh, British show that Adam Page flew out to. They did the match. They gave it out for free. I haven't gotten a chance to check it out. I've been kind of busy, but also kind of turned off by the whole concept. And now Adam Page doesn't have someone that they're going against this weekend. All because it wasn't clear between probably what will be the second biggest wrestling company now passing New Japan, especially in the American market, with AEW getting built the way it is with Tony Khan putting so much money into it. You're going to tell me that your Dragon Gate title and then Dragon Gate as an organization, that your title that's not up for grabs, that the person losing – who has not lost since he left WWE, um, partnering up with AEW and what they potentially bring to the table, with them having a deal with TNT now. You're, you're too big to allow your, your champion to lose for a non-title match for a huge up-and-coming organization? Like, even if AEW, and I don't think this is going to happen, takes a swan dive... <laughs> It's still going to be a very long time before that happens, and I find it rather silly for the company and for for Puck himself to do this. Because now, apparently, there's no you know I'm assuming that the contract was much freer, allowing Puck to be able to participate still with Dragon Gate once he was quote unquote signed with AEW. Um, these partial contracts are scary, man. That AEW is doing. I think they should lock some of these guys down. Now, they're doing something with AAA, which is, all right, if AEW rises, let's say this. WWE is on a different plateau. If AEW rises very shortly as the second biggest organization, then you have New Japan, who over in their country is obviously number one, but obviously WWE's scope is much larger. It's a global company. It's not just confined to the U.S. Um so, yeah, you would have WWE, AEW, New Japan, and then AAA, and they have that relationship with Mexico's biggest organization. It's like fucking 60 goddamn down. I'm sorry. It is. Great wrestling. Don't get me wrong, but priorities, kind of saying what Jericho's saying, and I don't, I don't know if, if, if Pac's really at fault, but it seems like he is burning bridges with a very huge up-and-coming company, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. For him to do that, it, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense uh, for Dragon Gate not to use the publicity of being involved with this to heighten themselves as a company. Um, instead, 
we get this shit a week before the actual event. And like I said, if, if the title is either up for grabs or whoever wins this or this you know, furthers you along with being able to get that title opportunity, really missed opportunity, I would think, by Neville and Dragon Gate. Um, but what are you guys going to do? That's just how it is. You guys can go to uh, Being the Elite uh, YouTube page to be able to check out the match uh, that I, I plan on uh, checking out. So this is how it's going to have to be. Page is going to get a replacement for his match. And who is that going to be? Now, we have no idea if John Moxley, a.k.a. Dean Ambrose, is signed. But that seems to be what everyone is saying. Uh, could potentially be the person to replace Neville. It's just, even if that happens, I'll be very happy. I'll be excited. I'll, I'll think that's awesome. But I will also think that it's kind of dumb that Neville is it's kind of coming off like a diva within all this, even if he's not intentionally trying to be, and it's more the company he's involved in. It doesn't look good for him. And I would have loved to have matches with Neville and Kenny and maybe, and whoever, but maybe we'll get past this. Neville will be a part of this. They'll be able to work this out. But if I was AEW, if I was Cody, if I was the Bucks, if I was Kenny, if I was Tony Khan, I wouldn't want to fucking do business with them. And I would second guess why I do business with Neville because this puts them in a bad position right before they're about to premiere their technical first pay-per-view. If you count all in, still, AEW was an organization that broadcasted all in. That was all collaboration between multiple companies. Uh, working with the Bucks and Cody and Kenny. So this is a little bit different. But we'll have to wait and see. I hope Neville might be able to become one of the biggest heels in AEW. But like Jericho said, whatever his idea of happiness is, is his idea of happiness. But if you guys wanted more information about that, I would check out Uproxx. I'm sure Wrestling Inc. has some great stuff. I'm pretty sure we did an article. I probably should have promoted that first uh, involving it. But, yeah, check it out and then check out the match. Let me know what you think about it. All right, let me get a nice little drinky of some uh, Mango Loco Monster Juice. Yes, I know it's terrible for me. You guys don't have to tell me. And we're going to continue with more news involving AEW and not smart decisions, I would personally say, a week out from the main event. Let me just uh, chug this a bit. Sorry about that. All right. So, the Jackson brothers, or I think it was actually Nick Jackson, was primarily interviewed and asked about, you know, how AEW kind of started with him and his brother. And also, you know, kind of coinciding with that, what was it like leaving Ring of Honor New Japan to be able to work solely on this project. Um, Before, obviously, he got offers, or Nick and Matt got offers to go to WWE. But uh, in the interview, basically what Nick said is that basically New Japan and Ring of Honor didn't want to work on a joint contract. And he was explaining, um, this this is the quote from Nick Jackson, 
You know what's sad? New Japan and Ring of Honor could have easily come together and offered us contracts that they've wanted, but they just didn't do it. New Japan never saw the value in Matt and I. They never paid us good. We would have had to work with New Japan for another two decades to even get close to retiring, and the style they demand is backbreaking, quite literally. Um, Ring of Honor paid us a lot better than New Japan. We could have probably retired there, but we would have worked probably another decade with them. We pitched it to both of them. Why don't you guys get us a dual contract? And they just didn't get it done. We would have easily stayed, and there would never be an all-elite wrestling if they would have met what we wanted, but it didn't get done. Very honest statement by Nick Jackson. Um, and the reason why I'm going to criticize it, obviously, I, haven't, I think these guys are my age. They might be a little bit younger. They've already gotten married. They've already had kids. They've already made a shit ton of money in wrestling. They're, they're some of the biggest names outside of WWE. Um, you know, people know the name the Young Bucks, even though if they don't know who Matt and Nick Jackson are or their work, if they're wrestling fans that are more invested in WWE, I would say. Um, and uh, they are now starting a huge company with, uh, you know, the son of the no, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, the son of the Khan family, uh, a huge, giant uh, com- or, uh, you know, family worth of wealth, basically, who owns an English uh, soccer team and does analytics. You know, big deal, basically. Tony Khan is a big deal when it comes to being a business partner in all this. He's a fan of wrestling. He doesn't want to compete with the WWE. He just wants to give them an alternative. And he actually knows a lot about it. And he's also going to allow the wrestlers to kind of book their stuff uh, within it while, you know, obviously overseeing it. So it's very different than a dynamic, say, to a Ted Turner who lapped wrestling and just wanted people to run it for him, um, not really have too much creative insight. Um, Same type of concept, though, if you think about it, (laughs) both of them TNT-bound. Or I guess technically WCW is already on TBS and then, yeah. With TNT, but either way, you know, given all that information, I, I I mentioned the term. I'm trying to think of like what the hell I was getting to with all this. Apologize, like I said, um, you know, Matt and Nick Jackson with Tony Khan. Um, I basically I understand that Tony has money, and they're starting something brand new, and it's it's huge. It's it's this big company. And has all the potential in the world. They were able to turn down major money from WWE, uh, just like Kenny was, uh, in order kind of to use that to deter this organization. That Tony's been apparently wanting to do for a long time. Eventually, with CM Punk in mind as the person, you know, heading the whole entire thing. Um, I wouldn't cut. I mean, you know, burn bridges. I wouldn't burn bridges even though I don't think it is completely, with New Japan. Ring of Honor, it seemed like they were much more lax on their, you know, on, on their statements about Ring of Honor than New Japan. And I get where they're coming from. But at the same time, they were treated like gold over in Japan. They might have not made as much money as, as and I'm, I'm sure that's very true, as Gaijin uh, talent. But they still are probably making great money over there. They're still able to work with Ring of Honor since they have that, 
you know, uh, that, that uh, partnership, I just wouldn't trash New Japan. Um, I think me and Chris, we've talked about this and many people, are not under the assumption, but we hope that eventually one day, mainly because Kenny Omega is such a huge force with New Japan, uh, that apparently, you know, Jericho's going over to their work with Okada. Uh, Kenny apparently, I think, has some more dates that he's worked out with them to eventually do. We know that Kota Ibushi's going to stay in New Japan, but there's also a lot of potential from what Kenny says and what Kota says for Kota to come over to AEW. We want a partnership with New Japan eventually. If or if that does not involve Ring of Honor or not, I'm not really worried about it. AEW New Japan and AAA all being part of you know, if, if you've got New Japan, the biggest Japanese organization, one of the biggest wrestling organizations, right now the second, and you got the biggest, you know, Mexican wrestling organization, basically the two other markets other than North America, or, well, not America, um, the U.S., if you will. I'm trying to count Canada in it, but Canada really, they make great wrestlers, but they don't really have much of a wrestling calling outside of Impact Wrestling, which is now stationed up there because of Don Callis. But I would... I would hope that, you know, someone that's trying to do some shit would want to get involved with the biggest Japanese organization that a lot of your guys have worked for. Um, who wouldn't want to see Okada sometime within AEW or Kota Ibushi or Tetsuya Naito or any of those guys? Well, Osprey, you know, be able to do some trade-offs. You have people like Billy Corgan with the NWA and other people have talked about this. I think Cole Cabana's talked about this at length is that you have ring of honor. You have I, I, bully Ray. I'm pretty sure you have ring of honor. You have impact. You have the NWA, you have MLW uh, evolve has more uh, affiliation with WWE now, but PWG is still an entity. And then Japan, you have, you know, uh, new Japan, all Japan, um, Dragon Gate, um, forgetting the one that begins with an S. Uh, oh well. And then obviously England, Progress works with a with uh, WWE. Uh, the Scottish one, ICW, I believe they work with WWE. But Rev Pro obviously works with Japan. You have all these organizations, and I've heard a lot of guys in the industry say that they need to work together, share talent, help each other out. And it seemed like the Bucks were a part of that charge of let's let's work together, let's do something in wrestling. And I think that them making statements like this that will get back to Gato or Gato and and uh Tiger and all the other people that book it and run New Japan, it just makes them look kinda bad to me. It it makes them look um I don't want to say like spoiled brats because I, the Jackson brothers weren't being that, that bad in their they're just being honest. I would kind of hold on that honesty when I have a huge company like AEW that I'm now partly responsible for. Um, and like I was trying to get at, I have nothing on them. They've done everything in a short amount of time period that I have done with my whole entire life, and I'm willing to admit that. But personally to me, I wouldn't be making statements that make it sound like you were uh, you know, kind of shit-talking the, the two companies, especially with New Japan, that you used to work for. I don't know. That might be just me, but uh, I I just thought it was um, uh, not the brightest thing to do. Let's just put it that way. All right. Well, let's go into Money in the Bank, guys. 
like I said, by the way, before I get bombarded with people that want to uh, put me put my head on a uh, pike spike or whatever the hell and parade it around uh, Atlanta, I love the Jackson brothers. I love AEW. I can't wait for this weekend with Double or Nothing. I can't wait for AEW to start, whether it be Tuesday Night Dynamite or Wednesday Night Dynamite. I don't give a shit. I'm going to watch it every week. I am looking forward to an alternative. I'm just being honest when it comes to I want a lot for this company, and I think one thing that would be ten- potentially be great is a partnership with New Japan. And I would prefer them as a fan that wants to see that happening. Them not maybe pulling back the curtain 100% and talking about business-related stuff where they look ungrateful. That's all. All right. Let me take another swig, guys. I'm sure that sounds great for our audio listeners. Sorry about that. Not that we have a video listener. Um, all right. Now, I will say I did like Money in the Bank a lot. I thought a lot of the matches were awesome, especially, <laughs> I mean, the Seth Rollins-AJ Styles match I think was a bit of a waste, but it was still an incredible match. And that men's uh, you know, ladder match was great. I love what they did with the women's matches. It was very much similar to what I booked out in my head. Not that I'm saying if you don't, do what I want, I'm not going to be happy with it, like all these fucking Game of Thrones fans. Anyways, I don't want to go into that whole entire thing. Um, but, you know, if you didn't know, guys, apparently everyone is smarter, not only than Ryan Johnson, but also than Benny Hoffman Wise. Um, but, like I said, I digress. I'm not going to get into that. I know a lot of people have a lot of feelings about that. I do, too. And that will be great about my show. It's a nice little plug for Monday Suck because I can talk more freely about that. But all in all, I thought that this pay-per-view was actually a really fun pay-per-view. Um, I liked a lot of the matches. The ending, definitely, um, <laughs> and I mean everyone knows, Brock Lesnar came out at the end of the match <sighs> and won the money in the bank. Um, early on in the show, Sami Zayn was taken out. Uh, Braun Strowman, who Sammy replaced, and everyone assumed was the one who attacked Sammy and took him out, um, was kicked out of the arena from Triple H, so we got rid of both those concepts, and we just thought that it was dropped down to seven people. Well, obviously not, because Brock Lesnar came out and won the match right at the end, out of nowhere, smiling like an idiot. And uh, Jericho said in a tweet, Awesome to see Brock Lesnar win the Money in the Bank match. Even though he wasn't officially entered, Brock is the future of the biz, and this is a perfect example of genius booking. Shows why WWE will remain on top forever. Hashtag go Brock go. He's the fucking goat, man. It's true, though. I think that, that Brock Lesnar is an attraction. Now, I like this concept of the champions having to worry, both of them, you know, between Kofi Kingston and Seth Rollins, having to worry about Brock at any moment. But hearing the background of the fact that Vince apparently came up with this, you know, beforehand, uh, the weekend, I should say, (laughs) is when he made his decision about Brock Lesnar coming back. The weekend before that, the word was Vince was either trying to figure out between Mustafa Ali and Drew McIntyre, which most of us, I think that was, that was the top two, you know, uh, thought of 
winners for this match when people were speculating on it, I think I said Drew McIntyre. And I think I also said, but I think I could see Mustafa Ali winning this. You know, Ali was supposed to be where Kofi was, and an injury caused Kofi to step up, and that was great, organic, amazing, and I loved what happened. But that's why Ali, after that weekend, was told to everyone was going to be the winner. Uh, the night of, everyone still thought Mustafa Ali was going to win, including the participants in the match. And Ali was told that's not going to happen, but wasn't told all the information. He was told at the last spot, climb up the ladder, take your time, someone's music will hit, and just go from there. Well, I don't think he expected Brock Lesnar. I think probably the guys were expecting Braun Strowman, if anyone knew that, outside of Mustafa Ali. And you can tell Randy Orton's face fucking reads a thousand stories. He looked pissed. You know, you got to think about this. Besides him thinking about, I'm sure, himself a bit, Finn Balor, Mustafa Ali, Ricochet, Andrade, Baron, but especially the fast guys, Baron and Drew also, all of them fucking just destroyed each other for this shit. Especially the faster guys. Finn Balor took some bumps that really no one should fucking take. And um, I thought all the guys should have had, like, a night off, basically. Uh, You know, Finn did, but... Also, Ali and um, and Ricochet and Andrade. They didn't. Um, but, yeah, for that to happen, and then Brock just to come in and brat at the end of the damn match, unannounced, unknown to everyone, that just really just shows more disorganized um, stuff with WWE. And it continues with Raw. Apparently, they were going off the seam of their pants with that show uh, towards the end, that it wasn't even finished. How? <laughs> How the hell can a giant corporation, Titan Sport, WWE, not tell people about, like, those type of details or not being able to get your show done before the show fucking starts, producing it wise, and, and you know, that's, that's crazy to me. Uh, someone asked if Vince was stuck in building storylines from what he did from 2000 to 2010. And I tend to think, yeah, at least it's not the early 90s, but yeah, probably. And it is getting stale, and it's getting very apparent that a lot of fans feel that way. So I can see why anyone's aggravated, is over it. I think Brock's an attraction. I don't think he needs the belt. He can just be a part of it and just bring something because he's Brock Lesnar. But Vince, like Vince Sr. with Bruno, not realizing Bruno could be an attraction without the championship, you know, Vince obviously has now television, and it's globally, and there's a lot more to it, network numbers. So Brock brings up those numbers. Well, Brock's going to, if not have the title, have an opportunity to take that title off of any of those guys. And I will say that if Seth and Brock go against each other in Jeddah, which is in Saudi Arabia, by the way. They're, they're trying to hide that. At the Super Showdown, though, if, if, if Brock uses his, you know, the Money in the Bank briefcase to cash in at this event where it's already been rumored that Seth's going against Brock, that's a complete fucking waste of the Money in the Bank. And three years in a row, Braun Strowman, or, yeah, Braun last year wasted it, uh, you know, cash it in, got fucked over, 
lost to Brock, and the year before that with Baron. It's not good. The the diminished value of Survivor Series and the fact that it doesn't have, you know, a person that can use the win for a title shot or whatever has kind of pushed money in the bank as a part of the big four in a way. Rumble, Mania, Money in the Bank, SummerSlam. Because they all they, they all, you know, kind of hold these priorities. Mania's the biggest. SummerSlam is the second biggest event. Royal Rumble and Money in the Bank both set up championships for those said future pay-per-views. They're kind of like the linchpins. And to use it for a fucking Saudi Arabia super show that you already announced, everyone, very, very, very annoying and uh, underwhelming. And, um, yeah, we'll get on to the 24-7 title a bit later if I can go over a little bit of Raw. But let's go into this pay-per-view first. All right. With me feeling bad for the Cruiserweight guys because of where they were put and how a great match between them, you know, with the fact that people just don't watch 205 Live, they usually cater to the pre-show and usually bring it. And, you know, without people that you've kind of addressed as stars, you know, with Cedric, with Buddy, with Ali, all of them are gone. So now you have Tony Nese, who's a champion. He beat Buddy Murphy. And you have him in a match with with uh, with Davari, and it really should have gone on the pre-show. The main reason I say that is because the pre-show's match was good. It was an awesome match, and it featured fucking Daniel Bryan on the pre-show against the Usos. I'm shaking my head right now. Um. Now, like I said, it was a good match. Uh, the Usos won uh, double top rope splash, the double Uso, if you will, on Brian. Got the pin. Uh, great ending sequence. They both took out Eric Rowan. They both double super kicked him. Uh, I think they, yeah, they both did topes, I believe, to him. Uh, took him out. And then Daniel Bryan was going to do that. And then they both double super kicked Daniel Bryan before coming out. Double splash. They won the match. Fun back-and-forth match. I mean, just great stuff. But it was on the pre-show. I just it, it's, it, it boggles my mind that one of the biggest entertainers that you have in your company, the one that if you didn't get injured at the time, probably could have led you guys as a superstar, you know, like a cut short with Daniel Bryan, his triumphant, you know, return, him turning heel, him being a great heel, and being one of the best people they have on the mic. The Usos being one of the best tag team, if not the best tag team in the world, period, bar none. Weird, weird fucking place. Let's get to the top of the show. WWE Money in the Bank opened up with a uh, in memory of Ashley uh, Masato. Just terrible, terrible story. Not getting into all the details. Um, you know, when it comes to it, Suicide is a very, very real thing. I hate I hate doing these, you know, I hate trying to act like I'm 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 laying some real shit on you guys, but I'm trying to. You know, depression's real. All that stuff is not fake. It won't go away. Um and if anyone, you know, well what the hell's the difference? I can just tell you that your brain naturally is not supposed to respond with grief 
uh, in a depressing way when no one's died, you know, in front of you, if that makes sense. If your brain's responding towards life like that, there's probably some type of imbalance with your serotonin flow maybe or something that involves your brain. I, I would know this because I'm bipolar. Take medication for it. I'm good. Not all people have, um, I don't want to say strength, but a lot of people have pride. And even if they're taking something, they not, might not be honest with their doctors or they might have really dark demons. And apparently hearing from some, from, from some of the fallout, I'm not going to go into the rumors, but there were some disgusting things I found out that happened to her in the past. And this is a tragic situation. She's an extremely young, beautiful girl, you know, had the whole world ahead of her. And because something triggered something that just completely started, you know, getting larger in size within her brain um, and, you know, something like depression can get can stem from a tragic situation in your life. Continuing to go years later, your brain's reacting to something too much. It's that there's too much trauma involved. And if everything that I've heard is true with her, she did have a traumatic past. And I just want to say, you know, because I'm a huge mental um, mental disorder uh, advocate, if you will, watch people. You know, tell people that you love them too. And if you think that someone is dealing with something, try to get it out of them. Because I can swear to God, it might be awkward, but I'm glad that my mom got to me. So let me just leave it vaguely like that. I'm glad that someone understood that I was going through something because I was faking it. I was making it look like nothing was bothering me. And that's a very scary concept. And then you have a situation like this. And it's terrible. But either way, rest in peace, Ashley. Sorry to hear about all of your troubles. Um, yeah. It's kind of hard to trans transition from that, but I definitely had to say that. Let me uh, transition by drinking real quick. Don't worry. It's not whiskey this time. All right. So the first Money in the Bank match, man, this is exactly what I thought they were going to do. They got this shit going with the Women's Money in the Bank match. And it was Natalia, Naomi, Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose, Carmella, Amber Moon, Nikki Cross, who replaced Alexa Bliss. Because in reality, Alexa Bliss apparently suffered another concussion. Really worried about her. I know that she can be a personality and do what she does, but it's very troubling um, to hear that a situation like that can knock someone who might not be the best wrestler, but is still athletic as hell and a great personality um, out of being one of the main competitors in the women's division. She's definitely missed, I, I think, especially being that primary heel. So, Sonya Deville was at ringside. There was a spot. These ladies killed each other. Like, Natalia took some brutal bumps. All of them did. But there was a spot where Mandy Rose and Carmella were locking up, and Carmella made it look like she twisted her knee or she hurt herself, and she made it look realistic enough. Not that this would happen in a fight where the person would stop all of a sudden, but she kept on. She told Mandy to fuck off. Mandy tried to lock up with her, and she pushed her away and was like, stop. Went to the outside, got the referees. They checked out her knee, and she was taken out. This was just set up a, a spot later on where she comes out, 
um, triumphantly at the end to win it, or what we think would win it. She's won the last two, remember? Um, and like you know, this time it wasn't like a ruse. It was like you know, I'm obviously on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. She was fine. So this is all just a setup. But it made it look very realistic, and I, and I believed it for a split second. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna act like a mark and say that, but it's true. So then it goes down to, you know, her going after uh, Mandy. Uh, she got taken out. I forgot exactly, but basically Mandy was spent. So Sonya Deville comes to help her. I think she's actually the one who helped with Carmella. And everyone's scattered. Everyone's like just completely destroyed at this point. And Sonya has Mandy on her shoulders and walks up the fucking ladder with Mandy to help her get to the top. Great visual until Bailey jumps on the other side and gave them both like a, you guys are fucked, look. And it was very awesome. The reaction was great. Facial expression was great. She pushes the two of them off. And Bailey is your woman's money in the bank. But don't save it over on WWE 2K19 because that shit's going to go quick like the ladies one did last year. Oh, wait, that's right, Alexa won it last year. And then, yeah, Carmella kept saying she'd won it twice. So maybe this is four years ago and she won it the first time and the second time, this is the fourth time. I thought this was the third. I don't remember. Someone can yell at me. Either way, we have the U.S. Championship match. Rey Mysterio went against Samoa Joe and defeated him, our new U.S. champion, Rey Mysterio. This match was a little bit over a minute. The reason why, and in retrospect, it's crazy because the Mania match was shortened because Ray was hurt. So Samoa Joe destroyed him in a minute, and that was it. This match, you know, they were supposed to go on longer, but Ray did something. Um, he was countering a powerbomb into a Hurricane Ronica uh, to win the championship, but before the match, I don't know what he did exactly, but it broke the shit out of Samoa Joe's Samoa Joe's nose. Samoa Joe's Samoa Joe's nose, and he was bleeding everywhere. So they pulled an audible. Either Joe talked to the ref, or the ref got word from the back that we need to end this because he's bleeding everywhere. So Joe got pinned. uh, Wonky way of it ending because the ref Joe definitely didn't have his shoulders to the mat completely. Um, I don't know if there was a misunderstanding. This would be a reoccurring thing with the referees, it seems. I don't know if they're all by uh, the, the rather buff, if you will, referee. I think this one was. Uh, either way, after the match, Bloody Joe attacked Mysterio in front of his son, Dominic. Uh, the re- a replay showed that Joe's shoulder was up during the pin. So, I mean, at least they don't treat us like we're stupid. But definitely think that was a mess up. This next rough spot in this next match, which also, by the way, I think it's cool. We're going to get Joe and, and Ray, hopefully in a longer match this time. It doesn't get interrupted, but just where they both had minute matches because of something um, that happened, you know, with Ray right before his WrestleMania match and Joe during it, that had to be shortened. So they have like a one-up on each other. This needs to continue forward. We had a steel cage match with the fucking feud that I don't give a shit about between Shane McMahon and The Miz. Um, you know, there was so many attempts at a superplex off the cage. And I thought, like, God, everyone wants to see this, but I don't want to see Shane kill himself from this shit. Uh, but that never happened. And 
Basically, the layout of the ending, Miz tried to prevent McMahon from escaping the cage, but McMahon slipped out of his shirt and fell to the ground to win. He got uh, his, his, his finisher move. Um, wow, I'm blanking on the Miz's finisher move. Um, I can't think of it. Once again, sure, people are yelling at me right now. Uh, but, you know, nailed him on a chair. Shane, I should say. And um, went to, you know, pin him. Shane put his foot on the ropes. And the ref counted it, even though it's no DQ. So we're, we're to believe either he fucked up, or I'm assuming, you know, he was scared he was going to lose his job. So that's why he went ahead and did that. I want this to be over. It does not look this feud will be over. For some reason, fucking Roman's involved. All I want is a baby-faced Miz that's not trying to be intimidating, that's more just cocky and arrogant, but also baby-faced, to go against the heel version of Daniel Bryan. That's much more of a story to me. Shane needs to take a break. He's going against Roman at the showdown in, in, in Saudi Arabia. I don't know if that's the best idea. I just don't want to see the guy get hurt. He's fine when it comes to being a, uh, a uh, you know, the, the concept of, of the, uh, the person in charge of the show. He's part of the McMahon family. I don't give a shit. They had a promo that McFilly will be appearing on Raw to announce a new championship title. If we don't get to Raw on SmackDown, I'll just talk about it now. 24-7 title. I will say, I don't know where the fuck they were, but come on, guys. It's fucking Mick. Like, my lord, I understand if you're not happy with it not being the hardcore title. It's basically the same fucking thing. I had an argument with someone about this. What was so hardcore about the hardcore title? They didn't do a lot of blading during those matches. You know, it was it was a joke title, basically. I remember even the match that was, like, really violent between Raven, Kane. Was that WrestleMania? It was one of them. It was an awesome match. It went in the back. Raven only got bloodied up because he went through fucking uh, a glass panel thrown into another room. Um, you know, the hardcore stuff, that type of stuff is not really that bad. But I think the name, the hardcore title, is where, for some fucking reason, WWE doesn't want to get involved in. So they have this terrible green belt that looks like the old school, you know, pre-Eagle belt that, that, uh, that Bob Acklin and fucking uh, Iron Sheik and Hulk Hogan originally had from WWF way back in the day for their World Heavyweight title. But just take that cool emblem off the front and put 24-7, 24-7 in gold and a circle around it. Yeah. I think it will be fun. I will say. I know that there is 11, now 12, sets of championships in WWE, not counting the NXT championships. That would be, all right, the NXT, the North American, the UK, the NXT tag, the UK tag, and two women's belts. That's another seven. So that we're looking at, what, 18? Total? That's fucking ridiculous. 11 on the main card. So the 24-7 belt, I think it works because if you're going to have these segments, if you're going to have all these guys, this brings also a reason if people get actually consumed in this, you can use your social media, you know, with stuff on their YouTube channel, their Facebook page of what's happening between each guy, you know, what's going on with with our truth I love how Truth now has a championship. That's what happened on Raw. And he's, he's telling everyone he has the European title. I think that's funny. I'm, I'm okay with the, with the shtick. It's basically the same thing as a hardcore title without the hardcore, if you will. Um, 
but there is a lot of damn titles. I'm I'm all for the boys having something to do and having great segments. Uh, I remember Crash Holly, may he rest in peace. He was the uh, MVP when it came to winning the the hardcore title. So this will be fun, and I like that that you know uh, Mick said that this will be and if they actually do this, they said the same thing about the women's tag. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, 205. Anyone can go for this title. Legends. So I'll have to see. I will say that it was, um, yeah, it was whatever. All right, so uh, Braun Strowman stomped around backstage looking for Sami Zayn. Later, officials found Zayn hanging up upside down by his feet. Um, that was obviously Brock Lesnar and not Braun Strowman because he got set up. Zayn is out of Money in the Bank match, and Strowman was made to leave the building. Kind of went over that. Also went over the Cruiserweight match. Great match. You know, just didn't have any steam. I love Arya Davari's entrance, coming in the car. I think Tony Nese is a great wrestler. I love his, his knee, if you will, the uh, um, the running niece, I believe it's called. Um, great V-trigger. But knee hit the, uh, the the move on Davari to win the match and retain the championship. Good back and forth. Just didn't have any steam because of the position of where it was in the card. Should have been flip-flopped, I believe. Because people would have got into it, I think, on the pre-show of being the first match. Um, and the tag match probably should have been right there. By the way, men's Raw tag, nowhere to be found. Women's tag, nowhere to be found on this card. I'm sure it was really beneficial for them to take the fucking titles off Bailey and Sasha to put them on the goddamn Iconics. And I like the Iconics, but give me a goddamn break. All right, so then we have the women's matches. And this was actually set up pretty well. Uh, Raw Women's Championship match, Becky Lynch went against Lacey Evans. <laughs> Evans tried, I'll just say, you know. Um, she had cool guns that shot Lacey Evans dollars at the crowd. Maybe she should, uh, you know, introduce that to the Rainmaker, see if he wants to do it. Uh, it was fine. Another wonky thing with the ref, where it looked like you know, um, looked like uh, Evans had the the uh, the match, and then it got turned into a disarmer. But you know, the ref never counted it. He just looked to make sure that there was no shoulders touching. He didn't count it at all. So it's very awkward. I don't know if he, he was the same guy that got bitched out for one of the fuck ups from beforehand, and was just being overcautious. Well, not so good. Um. So yeah, so Lynch won with the disarmer. Charlotte then made her entrance because we thought that match, the Charlotte-Becky match, was going to be later on the card. Uh, and she demanded the SmackDown Women's Championship to be started right now. Becky said, fuck it, let's do it. And she lost only because Lacey Evans interfered, hitting Lynch with the woman's right. Uh, Flair, you know, capitalized and hit a big boot to win the match and the SmackDown Women's Championship. But after the match, Lynch attacked Evans, leading to Evans and Flair Attacking two-on-one. Everyone's shouting for Bailey. Well, they got what they wanted, including me. Bailey made the save, taking out Lynch. Flair tried to hit Bailey with a spear, but Bailey dodged, and Flair hit the turnbuckle. Bailey then decided to cash her money in the briefcase. Bailey hit a top-rope elbow drop to win the Women's SmackDown Championship. Great moment. Went out in the audience. Somehow a bloody Band-Aid got stuck to her fucking championship belt. That was a little bit awkward, but I don't think I anything to do with Bailey. But she is your new 
SmackDown Women's Champion, and I enjoyed the tag match that they had and the camaraderie back and forth that Becky wants that belt back. Hope they keep that going, even though I hope they keep Becky just on Raw. But good stuff. Let me have another uh, sipple, if you guys will. And that is a finished can of Monster. All right, guys. Let me had Roman Reigns and Elias. God, it's a waste of time. For the match, Elias attacked Reigns with a guitar. Elias had performed with an electric guitar. Elias goes electric. I think, uh, pretty sure Corey Graves made many references to Bob Dylan. Um, but Reigns attacked and then immediately speared and pinned Elias to win the match. That was it. Um, they're giving Roman something to do. They need a good feud for Roman. If Drew McIntyre's on one platform and you've already gone through that feud, I think Lars Sullivan would be a good person to go against Roman. Bill Lars is a, a monster. And just do that. All right. Universal Championship match. Seth Rollins defeated AJ Styles. This was a great match. There were so many good fucking spots in this match. I think the most memorable that everyone will probably – there will be replays with this on it is Rollins has AJ down. He knocks out his legs. He's about to go do the stop. He puts his leg on the shoulder of AJ. AJ gets up, takes him, flings him down, and puts him in the uh, Styles Clash and gets a very close two count. That's why I knew Rollins was going to win it. Rollins countered the phenomenal forearm with a ripcord knee, then hit a basement super kick and a stomp to win the match. After the match, two men uh, shook hands. But we'll say this, though. If they're going to give Seth something to do right now, whether it be even going against Brock, you know, so he can get the championship, and then put... Uh, AJ against Bar- um, Baron Corbin for right now. That's fine. I hope by SummerSlam, AJ's a heel. He attacks Seth Rollins, and we get this more. I don't want them to close it. And I will say, you know, if Seth is Shawn Michaels, AJ Styles is Bret Hart. If you get Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, their first match together, and that's it, you know, you have a, a good 20-minute match, pretty damn good, and then a, a, Brett loses to Sean, and that's it. Like, I mean, I guess in, in that type of concept, Brett would be going in as champion. But you get what I'm saying. That did not make a little bit of sense. AJ's the, 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 the older, you know, wrestler. He's a little bit older than Seth. They've both been working their ass off for a long time. AJ's very known for being a badass. It just seems like really weird to take one of your top wrestlers in your company, AJ Styles, and make him lose clean like this. Now, I know everyone gets pissed off when it becomes a, uh, uh, you know, some type of weird fucking finish, but whatever. But this is a time I wouldn't have minded that to extend the feud. Um, I hope that there's more than just a handshake. These guys put on a great match, and I'd like to see them continue their feud. And I'd love to see them at SummerSlam headlining it possibly. So after this, we had Lars Sullivan. Uh, he came out and beat up the Lucha House Party uh, because, you know, I guess reasons. And then they would have a, another match where they, they try to, like, gang up on him on Monday Night Raw. Uh, Kalisto gave 
him one hell of a hit. I have no clue if that had to do with, uh, you know, receipt for all that online shit. Please don't stalk us with crap, basically, on Mars um, for all the shit that we talked about beforehand. Last week, I will say that within all of this, if this is, you know, Lars having to do this shit for right now is his way to make a tone for his comments, you know, I it, it, it almost comes off like a fucking frat mentality, but... I will say that, and like I said last week, I am one to want people to be forgiven if they want to be forgiven, if they think that they've done wrong. You know, he's gotten a $100,000 fine. He made apologies online, uh, and people could say, well, yeah, bad PR. Of course, WWE is going to do something. But Titus O'Neil actually tweeted at Lars WWE, I applaud you for seeking out myself and others on the WWE roster to not only sincerely apologize, but also seek guidance as to how to move forward in being a better human being than you were nine years ago. Nobody is imperfect, including you. Thank you, Vince McMahon, for taking action. So... You know, this this also involves Biggie's and his comments and stuff like that. If Lars is addressing the issue and going up and talking to the boys and being like, "Look, this is not me. I was trolling. I said stupid shit that was sexist, that was racist, that was homophobic, that was anti-mental disorder." Which, <laughs> in retrospect, karma's a bitch, man, because all that shit comes up, you start having anxiety issues because of it, uh, and it becomes. You know, it takes you out of WrestleMania, potentially going against John Cena, and when you come back, you're dealing with this type of backlash again. It makes sense. But just like I'm, – I'm so glad that Titus did this because this says a lot about him and his character that, you know, if he thinks that he's being sincere and making advances, that's good. Now, obviously, you know, with the racial-related stuff that Lars said, Titus doesn't speak on behalf of every African-American. I understand that. Uh, but, you know, just like Hulk Hogan recently being on Booker T and Booker T going into that whole entire thing. And, like, we've had this this perception that Hulk's not said anything about this, that he's not apologized in the past, when in reality, he was on Booker's show the day the Gawker stuff got revealed to talk to him about it. And I've heard Booker talk about this, and I heard him and Hulk, they had a long conversation about all this and how he's gone to this people and blah, 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 blah. So, Yeah, maybe he didn't personally go up to Mark Henry. Maybe he did afterwards, but I'm just saying that um, what what the heck? Stories of of redemption are not sexy to headlines. So you don't find out about this shit. I don't know how many times Kevin Hart said that he apologized for all the homophobic shit that he said in jokes, which doesn't make it right. I understand that in jokes on Twitter over 10 years ago. And that's the reason why he didn't host the Oscars. No, no, that debacle. James Wan said some disgusting shit involving children in jokes on Twitter, you know, over 10 years ago. He apologized it previously. Just like WWE knew about Lars Sullivan's shit. Disney knew about James, James Gunn. And when it was made apparent and a big deal because the society of which we live, which I think is a good thing, and sometimes can be a negative thing as well. I choose to believe that that people seek out change, that apologize for action, 
That's not just – it's not displayed in the media because it's not – no one gives a shit about happiness. We just want to be all negative. And I'm not talking about people that see that and get offended by it. You guys have every reason to be. But the headline, I find it very um, misleading and also just um, just not right that a lot of these big news outlets, they don't try to broadcast any type of shit like this, especially when they take over a scandal, smash it into the ground, and don't give any type of look of the person in the past stepping up for their actions. It sounds like, in a roundabout way, the Lars is taking those type of, you know, taking that type of uh, leap that Titus was happy about what he said and that he got a huge fine. He's fighting right now the, you know, I love I love the, uh, the Lucha House Party, but obviously that's not a spot where you think that Lars would be technically right now. So rising up from all that, I wish him well, and we'll just have to see where this goes. But I'd like to believe, like I said, that everyone can make up for their actions and become a better person and show forth that effort if they're given a chance. So uh, the next match is the uh, WWE Championship match against with Kofi Kingston going against Kevin Owens. Another awesome match. Uh, ended with Kingston countered a top rope sent on by getting his knees up, then hit the double uh, the trouble in paradise to win the match, really making that move strong. Love it. Um, and Kevin Owens lost. Now Monday Night Raw, he had enough and he fucking walked before he even said anything. The reason why Kevin Owens is not going to Saudi Arabia, like Kofi, or not like Kofi, like Sammy, for obvious reasons. Um, I don't think Paul's going over there either. You know, Sammy's Israeli, Paul's Jewish, Paul Heyman. I'm I'm talking about. I know John Cena's not going over there. Bad publicity. Daniel Bryan's not going over there. So they had to get Kevin Owens out of the uh, feud. Hope that they bring that back together. I wouldn't mind Kofi, or I wouldn't mind Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and and Dolph Ziggler actually teaming up. I know that a lot of people probably wouldn't want that. Dolph had a great promo. I just didn't give a shit uh, on 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 SmackDown. Uh, it should have been me, all that crap. No, it shouldn't have. It just didn't seem like it had as much. Someone suggested that like you take out the should have been me, and I'm just kicking your ass because you're the champion, and I'm sick of seeing your face, and I should have had a push by now. It would have been great to see Fandango repackaged, or maybe even Luke Harper, which wasn't going to happen. Being that person. I think Dolph Ziggler is great in the ring. He's pretty damn good on the mic. Um, but he's not a full-time guy. It, it kind of goes back to that. And this is obviously I, – I have no – I was joking around with Chris about this. This seems to me, Saudi Arabia, you know, the prince obviously doesn't know that people are deceased. I guess he watches the networks and thinks that it's all, like, fucking linear, like everything's going on at once. Uh, you know, request that the Ultimate Warrior and Yokozuna be involved in his – you know, the Battle Royal last time, or the, the Greatest Royal Rumble. Um, I'm just wondering if he was like, Kofi, you're a champion. I want Shawn Michaels to go against him. And Shawn's like, fuck no. And they were like, well, Dolph, you kind of, you know. I don't know if that's true, guys. Money in the Bank ladder match. Brock Lesnar <laughs> defeated Andrade, Ricochet, Randy Orton, Finn Balor, Baron Corbin, Ali, Andrew McIntyre. Go and watch this match. It's a great fucking ladder match. Terrible ending. 
Ali looked to have the match won when, of all people, Brock Lesnar returned, knocked him off the ladder, and won the match. Brock Lesnar is now Mr. Money in the Bank. I enjoyed him on Monday Night Raw using the fucking uh, the briefcase like it was a boombox. Thought that was funny. He's all smiles. He's not going back to the UFC anytime soon. Dana White said that he was pretty much retired. That's fine. Traction wrestler. Great. Championship. Don't need it. Waste of a fucking money in the bank if this is just him cashing in on Seth for Jetta and then he loses to Seth. Or if he beats Seth, that would be fucking horrible too. So hopefully none of that happens. Brock Lesnar wins money in the bank. Hell of a match. I can't even, the Finn Balor spot, I can't remember exactly what happened to him, but I thought he was just broken in half. Um, Let me quickly go over and see if I forgot anything on Raw. With my notes, no, I don't care about the Braun Strowman. Uh, oh, I, I like Cesaro's new music. I know a lot of people are talking shit about that. I'm glad that he got a win over Ricochet. You could have picked someone else other than Ricochet to have to get a loss for. But uh, I hope that this means that they're giving Cesaro somewhat of a push. Oh, man, the Revival and the Usos had a great fucking match. You the Usos, who just beat the tag champions over at SmackDown in an on-title match at the pay-per-view, and they lose to the Revival. I'm telling you. Just fucking, just, all right, this is what I would do. And I'll go on this tangent a little bit because I was thinking about this earlier. Unify the titles. Fuck the fucking wild card rule. Just have it. it your, your television in the last two weeks has improved damn well with the viewership. Uh, this last time, going against basketball, I believe, with Monday Night Raw, it's because you have all of your stars on it. You have all your storylines. You're giving the smaller guys something to do and something to chase with 24-7 titles. So it keeps them on, keeps them interesting. You unify the fucking Universal and the World Heavyweight. I don't care which one you call it. I would prefer the World Heavyweight, but I think Vince loves this new Universal title, even though that ties uh, no lineage. Just have a unification of that. Uh, same thing with the men's. Have the Revival pick up the men's tag, tag championships that no one knows is even real with fucking Ryder and uh, Hawkins. Have them beat them. Usos now demand a, even though they're from Raw, I know that, the Royal Card. Um, demand a title shot against Daniel Bryan, then you have a unification with the Revival against the Usos, who already have proved with a small amount of time they can put on a damn good match a couple times now. Give them a long match to be able to get that title unified into one. Uh, You already have the women's tag that's already won. The women's, same fucking thing. Settle the score. You do it at a pay-per-view. And what do you do with the IC? This is what I would do. IC and U.S. belt. IC champion, Goes against the U.S. champion. The winner becomes the IC champion. They take the U.S. belt and put it down into NXT. Get rid of the North American title. It doesn't make any sense. If this is global localization, you're telling me that if you get if, – if what Paul's trying to do, Triple H, he wants to, uh, he wants to make these organizations. Right now he's got one in the U.K. He's trying to do one in India. Get ideas for Japan, eventually Mexico, U.S. Why the hell would you have a North American championship? You have a UK championship. So if you open up something in Mexico or Canada in the future, they don't get their own title. They just have the North American. That's stupid. Get rid of the North American title. It's, it's a pretty cool-looking title. I mean, you can keep that. I like the U.S. title design better. Maybe incorporate both things in a new design. It's not like – I mean, it's not like you put a lot of money in a 24-7 title. Use whatever money that you can fucking use on that to a new title – Put the U.S. title in the North American title. That's the U.S. champion. Is now on NXT. They represent the U.S. Uh, the U.K. champion represents the fucking U.K. 
and so on and so on. So if you do end up, which is what they plan on doing, having a Mexican-based uh, NXT, you know, they have their own championship, and it's not confusing with them having one, and then there's a North American title. No, that's all stupid. One, IC champ, this is what the main one should be. One tag team champion, Intercontinental champion, which is much more prestigious with the WWE. You have one women's tag champion, one women's champion, one heavyweight champion. That's it. And then 24-7. Braun SmackDown laid out different formats of the shows. Fox is happy. USA is happy. All your big feuds get two days to be able to work something out instead of just one. And then the U.S. champion just replaced the North American champion in NXT and represents the person that's in the U.S., like the U.K. champion, where the NXT champion is a traveling champion, technically, that's supposed to be going between brands. That's what I would do, but, you know, whatever. I don't fucking expect people to listen to me. Um, but, yeah, I'm getting over this whole entire Shane McMahon Roman Reigns thing. I thought it was funny, though, what they had Elias. Waiting, playing guitar, and Roman just looking up, and I'm like, I'm not fucking dealing with this shit. So that was actually pretty funny. Uh, the Moment of Bliss segment with all the ladies didn't bother me. I thought it was actually pretty good, especially Alexa playing off Nikki. So I guess they're doing like the Mickey James Trish thing with Alexa and Nikki, where Nikki's not so crazy, but kind of obsessed with Alexa. What sucks is that you guys didn't see this if you didn't watch the pre show for Money in the Bank, but Nikki kind of made that clear in her interview where she was talking about Alexa and she went from like normal to kind of obsessing over, to being kind of psycho at the end of it. And in the matches, she's full crazy. I like that dynamic. If they go too much like the old with Mickey James and Trish, it could get stale, but I think they can keep it up. Uh, Firefight Funhouse. Wow. Another creepy-ass thing. The kid that had let me in on his head, uh, probably not the smartest thing to do, but, you know. I mean, for a fucking company that won't allow their, their, their guys to be called War Raiders, I don't want them intervening or, you know, messing with the Firefly Funhouse at all. So I'm just saying, weird in retrospect, really looking forward to it. Congratulations, Bray, for being a dad. Uh, I just had a kid with JoJo. Um, yeah, and then the Iconics lost again. Well, one of them got pinned. Already went over 24-7. Our truth is the one who won it. And Kofi and Seth be Baron Corbin and Bobby Lashley. Here's the thing, WWE. If you want people to stick around for the, uh, the, the main event in the third hour, don't put Baron Corbin in it. You're not making him an effective heel. You know, he has go-away heat. He has turn-off-the-TV heat. Luckily, you countered it with the two champions going against him, so I guess that works. But I like that Bobby Lashley is going against um, – who is Bobby Lashley going against? The Braun Strowman? That's pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, that was pretty much it. Also, The Miz, if he's going against Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre should not be selling to The Miz like he's devastating. What the fuck is wrong with you? I mean, seriously, like, Drew McIntyre is your potential next Triple H. He is just intimidating. He talks with intimidation. He, he backs it up with actions, and he's selling like a motherfucker to this new hard-ass version of The Miz. Just sounds silly to me. All right, so then we get SmackDown's card. Um, Biggie's back. Um, he's not cleared to uh, compete yet, but 
yeah, it was it was fun seeing him back. I'm trying to remember exactly what happened, some of the verbiage between them, but God, those guys know how to work on work off each other. I even think Kofi, I believe he said something like, "Guys, they want me to start acting serious," which is such a good play. Another great match. Ali went against Andrade, defeated Andrade. Andrade has a match against Finn Balor soon. Whatever, win losses don't matter. Loved all the stuff with our truth. Thought it was hilarious. We're going to do comedic stuff. I think this title is a good thing to represent it. It makes it a little bit better. Our truth was dressed as a blonde woman, um, and Carmella helped him out. Even going into a match with Carmella and Mandy Rose, where truth was at ringside with the title, everyone charged him, screwed up the match. Uh, I liked hearing Bailey say that she moved past hugs. Hope that they keep on going. Um, uh, Kevin Owens attacked Big E backstage, re-injuring his knee. Kofi went against Sammy and got fucking berated after beating him by Dolph Ziggler. We already talked about that. And Becky Lynch and Bailey defeated um, Evans and Charlotte. Pretty good stuff. Really, I mean, there's probably like two matches that you can watch up this whole entire thing. If not, you can just get updates over everything. Yeah, Roman defeated Elias. Ziggler told everyone why he did what he did, which is stupid reasoning. And uh, on this uh, page, it's got Bill Mars big fucking ugly face, and Bill Mars an asshole. Um, but yeah, let's go over Double or Nothing, guys. Before I get out of here, I definitely want to go over this amazing card. Um, if I can just bring it up. We, we I don't know if we know everything. Well, we obviously don't know what's going on when it comes to Adam Page, but we've already gone at that at length. So, you know, we've got this amazing thing happening at the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas. <laughs> they were told that they wouldn't be able to sell it out because they'd never do well in Vegas. They fucking killed it in a couple minutes. Like it was nothing. All right, so... Best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trump Beretta, who uh, would not be a part of the Battle Royal because I thought they were better, is going against Angelico and Jack Evans. I don't know much about Angelico. Um, he's from Spain, I believe. Oh, no, he was born in South Africa. He lives in Spain. Uh, he was trained by the Ultimo Dragon, though. So that's good. I. I just not sure. I know that Jack Evans, I'm pretty sure. Let me let me click on this little link. Not that I'm doing that. Oh, yeah. He was trained by Bruce Hart, uh, Brian Alvarez, uh, Ross Hart. Yeah, he's from – he's born, born in Fountain Valley, California. But he's known, obviously, for being someone that's one of the last, uh, you know – Dungeon family members, if you will. Someone that's been taught by some of the hearts and also Brian Alvarez, which I talk shit about a lot, but Brian's also a very accomplished um, uh, judo. Um, so that's a lot that ranges. Looking forward to their match. I don't know a lot about them. I'm just going to assume that either the best friends are going to lose uh, based on the fact, and maybe it will be incorporated within the match, that they wouldn't be in the battle royal because they were bit too big for that, or they're going to win because they're the best friends and Chucky e. T and, and Trent have a good relationship with those guys. Uh, then we have Aja Kong, uh, Yuka Sakazaki and Ami Sakura versus Hikaru Shida 
Chiho and Rio Mizunami. Three on three. I obviously know who Aja Kong is, and I can't wait to find out about the other ladies. I don't have a lot to say about it because I don't know a lot about them, but this really should show what the women's division is looking like, um, you know, within this. And it will be awesome, like I said, seeing Aja Kong, who's a, a fucking beast and also a legend, uh, be a part of this. Next match, we're also, by the way, like normally, this is just the matches listed not technically what's in order. I don't know what the order of the layout of everything is. <laughs> All right. Then we have Kip Sabian versus Sammy Guevara. I know Sammy a little bit. I've seen a match, I believe, in PWG or maybe it was AAA. No, maybe it was MLW. It was one of those ones. But uh, he's younger. Pretty damn good wrestler. I don't know much about Kip Sabian. His his name sounds familiar. I might have even seen him before live of some of these smaller shows. They're scouting, so that could happen, definitely. But, hey, should be a great match. The Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, are going against the Lucha Brothers, uh, Penta, Pentagon, and Phoenix for the AAA World Tag Team Championship. They don't have tag belts yet, but they are going with uh, very prestigious uh, organizations, tag team belts that the Bucks took off the Lucha Brothers. So this will be a fun way of seeing what happens. I feel, since the Lucha Brothers also have affiliation, like I said, with AAA, that the Lucha Brothers will get that off of them, and the Young Bucks maybe will beat them separately and then have another match in the future for the actual belts of AEW. 21-man Casino Battle Royal for the future AEW World Championship match. Uh, versus for a future AEW World Championship match versus whoever wins the Omega Jericho. So I guess, yeah. I guess Adam Page, technically, that was supposed to be for the title, and then whoever wins this this 21 um, Battle Royal and whoever wins Kenny and Jericho, we're going to have a match, and that person would go against whoever that. So they have a lot of shit to uh, to figure out either way. Participants listed so far. Sonny Kiss, Brandon Cutler, Ace Romero from MLW, fucking huge hoss, badass. Glacier, who I saw recently over in Atlanta uh, with Brian Hillman Jr., who's also in the match. Uh, someone that Chris Jericho apparently suggested. Uh, Sunny Days. Uh, man, I forgot the Georgia wrestling um, organization that he's a part of, but uh, awesome big guy. He kind of comes off like nutty, at least with his character has like a painted smiley face on his face. I'm, I'm not going to say Mick Foley, but he might be a fan of him, but Mick Foley-esque, if you will. Uh, MJF, who is probably one of the higher guys to win this match. Uh, Joey Janela, who is his evil arch nemesis, another person that could possibly win. Dustin Thomas, Billy Gunn. I'm assuming that Billy's son might be involved in this as well. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but Billy is. Jimmy Havoc. Michael uh, Nakazawa, Jungle Boy, uh, Isha Cassidy, Mark Quinn, Luchasaurus, Sean Spears, and then we have four TBAs. To be announced, to be announced, to be announced, to be announced. Those are people that we're not going to know and we're not going to see coming. This is an idea I had that I kind of hope they do. Or I think it would be awesome. I don't, I don't expect them to do this. CM Punk, 
he is not involved in this organization. He is friends with Cody. He's friends with the Bucks. He talks to him all the time. He's doing an MMA commentating thing the same night. Already has addressed that. Already said that. What I think would be funny if they pulled, um, not necessarily the winner, but all of a sudden, no music. Some guy comes running out wearing the exact same outfit and mask that CM Punk wore when he made the run-in uh, recently, when no one knew who the fuck he was. So everyone freaks out when they see this guy get in the ring, uh, you know, do whatever, and then flip Gordon or whatever. I think that would be a funny spot. Or just add to the mystery. Have him lose kind of accidentally and just leave and never take off his mask. And everyone can be like, oh, that was CM Punk. People will be freaking out about that. Cody and Dustin should be a really great grudge match. I don't expect anything too crazy over the top between the two of them. Probably just a straight wrestling match, very old school, down the middle. And like me and Chris have said at length, I hope this turns into a year or at least a half a year's worth of, you know, work between the two of them. Maybe getting over this match and being all happy-go-lucky, making a tag team. Then one fucks over the other because both of them could play the heel. And this leads up to more matches and then a future, maybe another match at the, the next year's double or nothing, if they call it that, or if they change up all the time, like in your houses or some shit, or some of the pay-per-views in the Attitude Era. Um, but yeah, that should be a great match. I guess if I, if I, if I should, Best Friends are going to win. Uh, the team where Aja Kong is, I think this is kind of just me saying this because I know who Aja Kong is, they'll win. I know Sammy better than Kip, so I'm going to say Sammy Guevara. Uh, the Lucha Bros will win against the Bucks. It'll be a big upset. No one will see that coming. Um, MJF will win the Battle Royal, or one of the two be announced will be the guy that's going to win it, whoever that may be. Cody beats Dustin, setting up some stuff for the future. All right, then we have Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, and Kylie Ray. I believe this will be, I'm assuming, for the women's belt they don't have yet or or at least put them in a contendership i kind of I, I or kylie ray i should say not kylie it was naya rose kylie ray and Britt baker i want Britt baker to win she's the only one i really know out of the three of them and she's a badass and then we have so-called uncensored christopher daniels frankie kazarian scorpio Sai going against the strong hearts the legend sema t-hawk and el liedemann uh from I believe they're they're part of a Chinese organization. I always forget it. OWE, I believe. I'm trying to like look up more of these guys. Yeah, OWE, Oriental Wrestling Entertainment. Apparently, their style. I watched. They had a match with SoCal going against some other guys outside of that in China that I watched, which was fucking awesome. It was like this old school amphitheater. Uh, I believe it's on the uh, the uh, YouTube page uh, for Being the Elite. But awesome match. These guys are ridiculous. I think they're going to wow us. The members of OWE, this Chinese organization, trained by SEMA and some amazing wrestlers over there, um, they're going to wow us like the Luchadors did in WCW during the 90s and just show us some stuff that we just didn't see or think was possible. All right. Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. The winner faces the Casino Battle Royal winner and future AEW World Championship match. And um, Kenny's got to win this, man. Oh, and I, I believe the Stronghearts are going to beat SoCal. But um, I don't know. I mean, I guess Chris could. I think Chris wants to work with guys and make them better. 
and it's not really looking for the belt as, as of right now. But then again, Kenny also said he's not looking for the belt as of right now because, you know, he thinks it's kind of, kind of like Cody and the Bucks do too, where they're, you know, they're running it. So it's not on their mind exactly. Obviously, us as fans would like to see Kenny with the AEW belt. That looks the best. But I'm going to assume that Kenny Omega is going to beat Chris Jericho. Now, remember, he beat Chris last time. So Chris could get the one up on him. So that definitely could happen. But this should be an awesome match. And what I like about it is that even though Jericho has been known to be very aerial in the past, he's not applying that style. He's been working at um, Dave Batista's MMA uh, gym uh, with his trainer working on like a sliding back elbow as like a new finisher called the, uh, the Judas effect. So he's going to ground it. And I think that him and, and, and Kenny are going to have a much more technical grounded match, probably a lot more brawling like Jericho's done as of lately than much more high flying like you'll see at the beginning of the match. But either way, this pay-per-view is going to be awesome. I think, I hope and it's going to feature a bunch of amazing wrestlers that we have the potential of seeing on a weekly basis now of being an alternative and also up the game for WWE. And I love that this weekend is AEW. Next weekend is NXT TakeOver, which I'm looking forward to all the fucking matches on that. And then the week after that will be the Saudi Arabia show, which will probably be the drizzling shits. But whatever. That's wrestling. So there you have it, guys. Another amazing episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Here every Wednesday, normally at 7 p.m. EST. I decided I wanted to get that shit done early because it was just me. I got home, and now I have the rest of my night to be able to hang out and do as I will. So thank you for joining me. Hope you guys enjoyed this wonderful ride. Like I said, if you like the show, if you have any type of input, whether it be good, you know, maybe not too bad, but any type of constructive criticism, anything that you want to talk to me about, like what's going on, pick my brain, um, hit me up. It is at Dane Alves, which is D-A-N-E-A-L-V as in Victor E-S. You can find me through Geek Fights Nation's Facebook page. Match me on that. Join our Facebook page. Go to GV Nation. GV is Geek Vibes. GVNation.com. News for everything when it comes to wrestling, uh, sports, comics, comic book movies, movies, video games, anime. We try to do a little bit of everything for you guys. Like I said before, there you'll find links to our iTunes account and all of our other audio accounts. If you don't want to just listen to it on Blog Talk. Still has a link for the blog talk right then and there on the website. And also links to Geek Vibes Nation's pages on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Chris is on Twitter and on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I got a burner account on Twitter. So if you have major gripes, go to that page and message me. Um, But yeah, man. And that's the bottom line. Thank you guys so much, and have a wonderful evening. And next week, we'll be talking about Double or Nothing and previewing NXT TakeOver. Should be a lot of fun. Chris will be on next week again. And remember, Mondays suck, starting not Memorial Day this next Monday, but the Monday after that at 6 p.m. EST on the Geek Vibes Network over at Blog Talk. Check it out. Like I said, I'll be talking about just general stuff, guys. Movies, wrestling, video games, whatever the hell, YouTube videos, stuff I find funny, politics, guests, 
much more free-talking style show, interviews with different guests uh, that are a little bit bigger in the industry. We're going to try to do some, you know, some celebrities, if you will, like I've done in the past, and it should be a lot of fun. Peace out and let the geek vibes be with you. Hey, monkeys, it's me, D-D-P, Diamond Dallas Page, the king of Bada Bing, the master of Diamond Cutter, the three-time world champion professional wrestler, WWE Hall of Famer, and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. And you, monkeys, well, you're listening to Geek Vibes Nation. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Bang! 